Hey guys, Carmine here. Quick announcement for the channel and podcast. I'm finally opening up the membership option for my channel and bringing over all exclusive content that was only ever available on Patreon to YouTube. I know a lot of you guys have told me Patreon's app is hard to use and doesn't work well on mobile, so hopefully this is an alternative. For those of you who are still supporting me on Patreon, don't you guys worry. Nothing changes for you. In fact, you all still get everything and more. And actually, Patreon, you get a bit more for your support, mainly because YouTube's membership has limitations on what I can offer. So if you're someone who just cares about the exclusive videos and nothing else, then membership is for you. If you want a bit more for your support, definitely check out Patreon. Right now, there's only one tier. It's a dollar and any future perks will still be only a dollar i will never ask any more than that and yeah so if you enjoy the channel and podcast and want to support it definitely check it out the join button is right below the video i'll leave more information in the description below and a pinned comment and yes i'll also be uploading the infamous episode 12 where we go into how preston's channel was almost deleted and the drama involving him in the community so yeah thank you for your time enjoy the video by the way, did you hear that George R. R. Martin gave us uh, an update on the upcoming new book, um, another update, or I think it's the same update, I don't remember, but in it he uh, <laughs> kind of confirms... Another update that, where he says he's doing work, but, you know, there's still no book. <laughs> mm -hmm. And in it he says, um, uh, uh, he, he, he ends the, uh, the update by saying, me and the frog are headed back to Westeros. Now, some people took that to thinking that Quentin Martell is alive because he's been called a frog due to his looks. Right. Um, some would argue that's what it was, but he does post a gif of Kermit the Frog typing away on his uh, typewriter. So, what do you think on this? Do you think it's a clue by George that Quentin may be alive after all? Um, I don't know. I mean... Look, I think that there's there's a lot of evidence put in there that Quentin is alive. Um, I think that George R. Martin left himself the out. He didn't want to paint himself into the corner, so into a corner. So he left all of these clues that Quentin is alive, just in case he wants him to be alive. You know, if he, if he doesn't want Quentin to be alive, you know, then he he can ignore all of the little clues because uh, that's just mm -hmm. his writing style. He. He calls it gardening, where he like places a bunch of like items for foreshadowing, and then later on, you know, maybe he's going to use them or not. Kind of like the the uh, the religious extremists that got sent to the wall. You know, it's like sometimes they don't pan out, and then sometimes they do, and everybody's like, "What a genius!" You know, like <laughs> like you know, like oh my gosh, like Miriam Mazdor mentioned Marwin in book one, and then Marwin appears in book five. And you're like, okay, yeah, you know, that's that's great, but, you know. But there's a million people that were mentioned that didn't come back, like like Al Ardeen. But the, um, <laughs> but the, uh, so, you know, could this be? Uh, so the problem is, is that that one, like, there's the Kermit the Frog thing. But two, like, um, George R. R. Martin is also obsessed with a different frog uh, called Froggy the Gremlin. Uh, do, you, do you know about Froggy the Gremlin? I, I do not know about Froggy the Gremlin. <laughs> so George R. R. Martin, when he was a kid, used to watch this children's show where one of the characters was, was called Froggy the Gremlin, and Froggy had the ability of mind control uh, over people. Um, he was a very creepy little frog, but they'd bring out this frog, and then this person would be, would be talking, 
and then all of a sudden the frog would kind of go like he let's say let's say uh guy comes out and he's like oh froggy look i just baked this pie and then the frog would go smash it in your face and then and then he'd be like oh what a, and then all of a sudden he'd smash it in his face and the kids would all like laugh and he'd go ah, ha, 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 ha. like for some reason like this frog was able to get into people's minds and and you know plant uh ideas you know um which, by the way, is like a huge George R. R. Martin thing. Like later on, a lot of his stories are about mind control. I think Ice and Fire is very much about mind control. And, mm. and so he still is obsessed with this like Froggy the Gremlin character years and years later. Um, I think the show was called Andy and the Gang or something. It was this black and white children's show way back in the day. And I think it was local to, to the New York area. Like you didn't, you didn't even get it in other places. And so he, um, yeah, so he's obsessed with frogs in general. So he's got Froggy, Froggy the Gremlin. And, and sometimes when he posts blog posts, he'll be like, hey, yeah, uh, hey, yeah, uh, everybody. And that's actually like Froggy the Gremlin's um, saying. So who knows, who knows if it's that or if it's Kermit because there was a Kermit the Frog in the GIF or what. But yeah, I mean, it'd be nice if it was, if it was, Quentin Martell too, because Quentin's nickname is the Frog. Well, you have a whole theory that Quentin's alive, which I, I don't. I've never understood uh, like how that's possible. Because in his point of view chapter, mm. uh, he himself says uh, his hand. Well, you know, his hand, all of him was burning. Right. And you know, generally you don't survive. Even Danny is not really immune to fire. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And when he tries to whip one of the dragons, the whip catches on fire. Yeah. So. What are, what are your thoughts? And not even that, but when he is like burned to a crisp, one of his companions, I, I forget if it's the Yornwood guy or, or Drinkwater, yeah. they're holding him. Mm-hmm. And even Barristan in like a, several chapters over says it took him three days to die. Yeah. And uh, he goes down there because they, they arrested the Yornwood guy. I forgot his name. What It's um, Archibald. So, so like a, yeah. Right, right. And uh, uh, I forgot the other man's name, but it's Drinkwater. Garris Drinkwater. Yeah. Thank you. Um. They even confirm that, yeah, he's gone. Um, and Barristan tries to make a deal with him to go, like, uh-huh. uh, deal with the tattered prince. So... Well, let's start with... Let's start with um, how the chapter ends. The chapter ends with Quentin screaming, and then the, mm-hmm. chapter, the chapter stops. So we don't see Quentin die. You know, he screams. Um, but he's not, he's not dead. In fact, he he's dies supposedly dies three days later. So, George R. Martin could have gone into a whole bunch of agony and described him burning and confirmed that this dragon like had burned him. But he decided to cut the, the chapter off. So, George R. Martin had a conscious effort he deliberately cut the information from the viewer to make, to make things a mystery. Right. Later on, when Archibald Ironwood is describing what happens, he tells the story, and then also in his story, he cuts out that period of time um, and jumps ahead to some other information. You know, and so, so twice our author cuts out and blacks out that period. I mean, so, and it's very deliberate. Like, so our author didn't want us to know or see Quentin dying. Um, and 
I'm not sure why, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, but you know, he did. Um, and so that's suspicious first off, like why cut away? Um, mm -hmm. why not show it? You know, well, you don't show it because you know, maybe we don't want him to be dead. Um, well, because I, I don't, maybe that's the last thing that ever happens to him consciously in the feast for crows prologue, mm -hmm. hate, um, all he remembers is his last thought is of Rosie. We don't even go into like what truly happens to him as he dies. He just hits the cobblestone and he tries to call out for help, but he can't. And his last thought is kind of like John in a sense mm -hmm. in John's uh, final chapter in dance. He doesn't feel the fourth knife. So it's one of those things where you don't really need to go into the death completely since it's the point of view. Sure. It's just suspicious that it happens twice. You know, when, when we talk about Catalan, like Catalan's chapter cuts off when, when the blade goes across her, her neck. And, you know, later we hear that, oh, yeah, well, you know, they took her body and they dumped it in the river. And, you know, we, then later the corpse, like, washes up and Barrett Dundarian finds, or, well, first Arya, Arya's wolf Nemeria finds it and then Barrett Dundarian finds it. And, and all of these things, like... We know what happens to her corpse, you know, and then she's actually resurrected. So she's, she's not really dead. So, you know, there's, there's that, you know, or um, we, uh, I'm trying to think of other characters that die. Uh, and then we kind of know what happens to them. We like Chet, like pees his pants at the end of his prologue. I guess we don't see him die. And then later his dead body is around or, or whatever. Or Crescent, <clears throat> you know, gets poisoned and collapses and dies. And later we know that Crescent's dead. We talk, you know, they, they talk about this. Um, so it, it's just odd that we don't know the information around that period. And then a lot of things don't make sense about, about the death. Um, mm. Well, first off, like Dragonfire, the, the other times we saw people burnt by dragons, their, their eyes exploded and they were burnt to a crisp right there. Like what, what's with this three days dying thing? Like, since when is dragon fire at such a low heat that you would die over three days versus just being incinerated all at once? Like, that doesn't really make any sense. That is true. Um, <clears throat> the second thing is, is leather, the whip is leather. Leather doesn't burn. Like, that's the big myth. Like, like you can't burn leather. Like, it, you know, in fact, there's, and George R. R. Martin knows this. Uh, there's a scene in A Storm of Swords where, um, they, they, uh, Mance Raider builds um, something called these turtles where he, um, you know, they take like these boats and they cover them with skins and to deal with flaming arrows. And, the, you know, the, the arrows hit the skins and, you know, they don't start on fire because you can't burn leather. Like leather doesn't burn. So a leather whip shouldn't be burning. Um, so there's all sorts of but it, but, it, but in the book it says it's on fire. Why is it on fire? Because it's, uh, I think, is that... Uh, uh, whips have to be oiled and I think the oil is on fire and oil has a much you know lower um, burning heat than other things and so I think what happened is that the whip caught on fire because it was covered with oil and I think Quentin thought he was on fire because he had oil on top of him mm. now I mean look at it this way like we know that flesh doesn't burn right and yet on, on TV we see people running around in flames now we know why that is. They cover people with that, that fake fluid that allows it to burn. 
and then they run around and then they put them out, you know? And so that's how we make, that's how you make a human being covered in flames for the movies. And so Quentin sees himself on flame, on, on fire. You know, human beings are made of water. If you saw yourself on fire, you'd be so hot, like you, your body would have had to be dried out of all of the water before it could ignite. And if, if the flame was that hot, you're dead. You're not seeing anything. So already, like, there's nothing realistic about him watching himself be on fire. You can't watch yourself be on fire, because if the fire were that hot to the point where your body would be on fire, you're dead. And so the only, the only way that, like, human beings look like they're on fire is, and or running around, like in movies, is when they're covered in oil, when they're covered with a burning fluid, which is what I think. I think it's oil from the whip got onto Quentin. Because leather doesn't burn, human beings don't burn. Like, oil burns. So I think he's covered with burning oil. Gotcha. Um, so where is he? Well... If he's alive. So there's this idea that um, there was a lot of foreshadowing done that, that the, the Tattered Prince has this cloak that makes him into the Tattered Prince. That he's actually a pretty boring-looking, nondescript individual of average height or whatever, that anybody could be the Tattered Prince if you throw on this cloak. And so there's this idea that, oh, maybe the Tattered Prince was down, was pretending to be one of the sellswords of the windblown that came come with him, and, you know, Quentin had, you know, swapped himself or something or had escaped, or had escaped with the dragons or whatever um, and is posing as, as the Tattered Prince or something, or that the Tattered Prince, that the person dying in the bed is actually the Tattered Prince. And that there's a joke because the Barristan chapter opens with three days the prince lay dying. And that the joke is, yes, it's, the pr it's a prince. It's the tattered prince, not Quentin Martell. That there's a joke. Mm, in it. That's clever. Yeah. So then there's a lot of things that don't make sense. For, you know, for instance, it was a maze to get down to the dragon's pit. The only reason they knew how to get there is because Quentin is a smart guy and he memorized the way when he went down with Danny. And so everybody went down there, and they're all, they're all idiots. Like, the windblown, they're idiots. Garrus, not that smart. Archibald's okay, but they're found down there. How did, the, how did the windblown get out? Like, you know? So how did the dragons get out? You know, did, did they know their way through the maze? It was, it, it was literally called the labyrinth. So, is, so Archibald and Garrus, they're both in on this? Yes. So why did they get captured? Well, because they needed, they needed to have something, you know, they have some sort of plan. I don't know what that plan is. Um, but uh, Is it to sell the story that, uh, that Quentin, uh, that Quentin, Quentin really... Yeah. Yeah. So they, hmm. they have a corpse, one of the windblown, um, that's burnt to a not, you know... That's the other thing, is you have the, the burning cut off, and then Archibald retells the story and he cuts it off, and then Quentin's body is unrecognizable. And you're like, come on, like every moment of our story where there's an unrecognizable body, like people question whether it's the real body. Like Bran's body was unrecognizable, turned out not to be him. You know, Danny receives these bones at the beginning of the, of the Dance with Dragons and is like, how do we know that this is his daughter? She questions it. She says burnt bones, you know, mean nothing. Mance Raider is burnt in a, in a, and it's not really him. Like, this happens all the time. There are these fake-outs. Um, mm -hmm. It's the same when people are like, oh, at the end of the chapter, he's, he, he was screaming. D 
There is literally an Arya chapter that ends with an axe hit Arya in the head. That is literally how a chapter Which ends. chapter is this? I don't even remember this. She goes, she arrives at the Red Wedding. She's running away from the Red Wedding. And then an axe takes her in the back of the head. And you're like, oh God, she's dead. Well, no, because it was the blunt side of the axe that hit her and it knocked her out. Right. And you're like, oh, fucking come on. Fuck you. <laughs> now you're trying to tell me that like, that isn't more cheating than, you know, anything than, than Quentin, you know, like that that isn't more definitive <laughs> killing someone than Quentin. You know, like Arya taking, the, the chapter literally says that Arya took an axe to the back of the head. Had they ended the book there and she had no more chapters and then like, would people be like, well, I guess Arya's dead. You know, like it literally says that she took an axe to the back, to the back of the head. And then it's later, it's like, no, it was the, well, it turns out there's another Arya chapter in the book. And so you know, it, was the, it was the blunt side of the axe and it knocked her out. And it's like, oh, God. The one thing that always bothered me about the uh, Marine storyline is there are too many characters. And a lot of them have incredibly weird names. Mm. But when the Siege of Marines starts, there's so many sellsword companies and so many generals like on the... Um, the Yunkish, the Yunkish side. Yeah. There are so many, like, adversaries. Even Danny's council has, like, 14 guys. Yeah. It's like a whole thing. And then you have... Sometimes, for me, it, it's incredibly hard to, like, like differentiate who's an enemy and who's not. Like, um, probably saying his name, Rob. Scott Skazaz? Skazaz. Yeah, like... It's it, and how and who's the real harpy and like green gray like this whole thing and even Barrison himself is like kind of sick of it as well. The Tatter Prince arriving like, ah, it, I mean it's possible and hopefully it's true that it really was the Tatter Prince that that died. But it'd be so confusing come winds of winter and we see that Quentin's alive and it was actually the Tatter Prince who died. So. Mm. Overall, I guess we'll have to wait until Winds of Winter comes out because it's once again Quentin being alive. That being, that's an interesting theory that he is alive, but a lot of people are always so up in arms against your your theory here that he is. It's it's funny that people get angry about it. Like it's very clear that the option was written in. Like I'm not saying that I'm a hundred percent that he's alive or if, that a hundred percent that he's that he's dead, but a hundred percent George R. R. Martin left himself the option mm -hmm. that, that he purposely wrote it this way, you know, giving himself the opportunity to bring back Quentin if he wanted. Like he wouldn't have put all of these clues without, without that. You know, it, it's like I say, like writers, when they, when they say, oh, but they never found a body. Well, I don't know if that character ever is, is ever going to come back when they say, oh, they never found the body. But the writers didn't want to paint themselves into the corner. And so they left themselves the option. Right. It, you know, it's, it's the opportunity for sequel. That, this is what he did. Now, so for, for people to be like, no, he's dead. Like that is, it's, it's just a wrong perspective. It's just, a, it's just incorrect. Like not, I'm not saying he is 100%, but I'm saying there's no way to know definitively one way or the other because George R. R. Martin left himself that. You know, he didn't, he hasn't written that yet. Mm -hmm. You know, so... We, we don't know. But uh, I don't know. They, I, I could talk forever about Quentin. So it, it, it's, uh, uh, we, 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 we better move on to something else or else this would be like a two-hour two hour, uh, video. 